0: To blog talk radio Overcoming life's obstacles If you're like me there's lots of things To overcome In fact the scripture says through many tribulations We'll enter the kingdom In Matthew it says those who endure to the end Will be saved And praise God we'll continue in the grace of God So that we will be overcomers In Christ Jesus Well the message that I'm going to teach now Is uh, entitled uh, What it means to rest And last time I taught on unrest, which basically this is just kind of part two. It was too long to put into one message. But this title of this message is what it means to rest. And we know that rest is the opposite of unrest. The dictionary definition of unrest means a lack of rest. It means to live in turmoil, to be restless, troubled, um, uneasy, full of strife, uh, agitation, Um, disquiet and the definition of rest is it means to put to rest like you would put down a little child to rest basically it's a gift from God when we come under his yoke and under his control he brings rest into our lives but it also means to grant rest to lead to a quiet abode you know the scripture says that the Lord is our shepherd um And he leads us beside still peaceful waters. He restores our soul. He leads us in paths of righteousness. He makes us lay down in green pastures, which is a place of provision. He leads us beside quiet, still waters. In Proverbs 3, it says, all of God's ways are pleasant and all his paths are paths of peace. And of course, when we get off of the paths of peace, we're walking down the wrong path. You know, the children of Israel had a physical land to possess with physical enemies, and we as believers have a spiritual land to possess, and those are the things that we didn't possess in childhood. You know, the, the word Canaan means rest, and so the children of Israel uh, entered God's rest as they overcame the enemies in the land, and that's how we rest. Every time we get delivered from something, every time we get a new victory in our life, we come to rest in that area and the things that we didn't overcome is in childhood we have to overcome now the children of Israel were in a wilderness our wilderness is what is the same wilderness that we had growing up every time we let the sun go down on our anger and didn't deal with things that bothered us troubled us um, the turmoil in our homes or in our lives we turned to false gods and it opened us up to unrest in all of those areas But praise God, we can be delivered. God doesn't deliver us in one day. He drives that enemy out little by little, and deliverance is kind of like peeling an onion. And so we all have things that we need to deliver, that get delivered from the enemies in our land, unrest, or lack of peace, or frustration, or anger, or agitation, or rebellion, or addictions, or um, depression, discouragement. These things have to be overcome, and Jesus died at Calvary that we might overcome all of these things. And so entering God's rest means to um, abide, in, abide in the vine, abide in Christ. Um, we're the branches, it says in John 15, and, and God is, and Jesus is the, is the vine. There's no life in the branch without us being connected to the vine. And the way we're connected is to abandon, abandon our life to um, embrace his life. It says in First um, John 3, 6, whoever abides in me does not sin. So the only time that we are not sinning is when we're abiding in him. That's when we're dead to our life. And I've I've used this illustration before and when uh, I usually have an overhead of it, but since I'm on the radio, I can't do that. But a picture of being on the potter's wheel. When we're on the potter's wheel, um, that's the only time we're not sinning because we've abandoned our life to Christ. We've given our life one completely, given over every area of our life. And wherever there's contention or strife or anger or hurt, to all be given over to the Lord. And this is a picture of, Um, coming under the control of the potter. The scripture says he's the potter and we're the clay. And the clay has one part, and that's to yield to the potter. And that's the the potter is Jesus. We give our life over to to the vine, to be connected to the vine. We have to give up our life. Jesus said, if any man comes after me, he has to deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So the only time we're not sinning is when we are abiding in the vine, because when we abide in the vine, Our life will produce Galatians 5.22, which is the fruit of his spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And when our life is not producing the fruit of the spirit, we come back under the law, and the demons are the executors of God's law. An example of this would be uh, if I'm driving through the town I live in, Lindale, Texas, and the speed limit is 55 degrees. I'm 55 uh, miles per hour, and I'm driving 56 miles per hour. I come back into the laws of Lindell. But if I'm obeying the law, I'm not under the law, and it's the same with God's word. Wherever we obey God's word, we're not under the law. And, you know, it's not anything you can do yourself. You have to just keep on yielding, and God who's begun a good work in you will perform it into the day of the Lord Jesus. And when we fall off the potter's wheel, confess your sin, get back on. And that's how we come under God's rest. Another way of saying it is come under him, him, uh, come unto him. He says in Matthew 11, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And the clay rests on the potter's wheel. Another word for it is walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Another is putting to death the deeds of the body that you might live. And so it's a picture of us walking in the spirit. And so it also means um, to know that God, to rest, means to know that Jesus is the good shepherd. He provides everything you need. He prepares the table before you in the presence of your enemy. He leads you beside quiet, still waters. He restores your soul. He leads you in paths of righteousness. Uh, he makes you to lie down. That's peaceful in green pastures, which is a place of provision it's a place of food and whatever you need so it means to cast your care upon the lord first peter 5:7 says casting all your care upon the lord because he cares for you matthew 6 25 through 20 through 34 he says and i'm just going to paraphrase that: would to consider the lilies they never they neither toil nor spin in other words then i worried about anything it says god clothes them so beautifully that even solomon all of his glory was not clothed like one of these he feeds the bird he tells us not to take take any thought about tomorrow of what we're going to put on what we're going to wear what we're going to do and so that's just a lifestyle of taking no thought about tomorrow you know there's so many things that want to come against you things that want to come against you of how you think your family treats you or people don't listen to you or people don't appreciate you or people don't uh, whatever your mother or daddy didn't do that they should have done or whatever they did and shouldn't have done. Anytime they violate the law of God in training you up, you have an automatic issue because the scripture says, fathers provoke not your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline instruction of the Lord. So wherever you're not trained up, in the discipline instruction of the Lord, you're provoked to anger in those particular areas. And so, a good a good way to judge this is if you have areas where you get your button pushed. If there's things that rise up in you, make you angry, make you bitter, hurt you. These are things that are idolatry. These are things you have to give up your life that you might find it. Philippians four six says, "Be anxious for nothing." And that word, somebody said. That word nothing in the Greek means nothing. Be anxious for nothing. That means the things that make you angry, you're going to have to let go of. The things you're fearful of, you're going to have to let go of. The things that hurt you, you're going to have to let go of. The things that uh, provoke you, you're going to have to let go of. And, you, you know, as long as these things are working in our life, we don't have any peace. The scripture says in uh, Proverbs 14... A tranquil heart is life to the body, but passion, which is anger, rivalry, and jealousy, rottens the bones. Did you know there are scriptures that talk about your bones being vexed, uh, dismayed, decayed, rotten? There's another place where he says you get fire, fire into your bones. And then there's one place that says, and you can be in such peace that all your bones will say, oh, God, there's no one like you. And so that's the state God wants us to live in. And a tranquil heart is essential to healing. And so uh, we can only have a tranquil heart when we keep our, our trust is on him. It says in um, Isaiah 26, 3, uh, he will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed upon him because you're trusting in him. You see, when we're trusting in ourself or trusting in someone else to make us happy, to appreciate us like they should, uh, 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 trusting in um, our idols, whatever pushes our button, um, when we're doing that, we're trusting ourselves. We're not trusting the Lord. And I'm thankful that God has taught me at almost 82 years old that I don't allow... And when I, when I say I don't allow, if anger, if something makes me angry, I take it up the mountain like Abraham took up Isaac. I take all my Isaacs up the mountain and I let it go. It doesn't sound like a good thing that God would tell Abraham to take his only son up the mountain and kill him. Well, all the things that harass you, make you fearful, depress you, uh, worry you, make you angry, bitter, hurt. All those things, your children, your mate—you have to take them up the mountain and let them go. And I always say, Lord, you hear what the enemy's telling me? God, if that'll bring you greater glory and honor, then so be it. The devil, you can't attack me. And that's the perfect love that casts out fear. That's saying, God, I know what you know. What I need when I need it, you know. If I need it, you know when to give it to me. If I need it, and and it's basically saying, Lord, everything that comes to me is Father filtered. For my purification, for my uh, walk with you to decrease that you might increase. And then also to rest means to wait upon the Lord. Isaiah uh, 40 verse 3 says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, that's a tremendous promise that if we wait upon him, uh, we'll have strength and energy and vitality. And so if you are a person that has no strength, no energy, no vitality, I'm going to ask a question. Are you waiting upon the Lord? To wait on the Lord means to hope for, to wait expectantly. It means to wait patiently. You know, there's things that I've been waiting for for years, and I've just finally, I don't, I'm waiting for my healing. But I'm to the place in my life, and I think it's God's grace, that I just want to please God. And what I'm waiting for, if God can be glorified in a greater way for me not to have what I'm waiting for, then I choose to glorify God, and God knows what I need. Just recently, I was out walking, and it seemed like God was silent about the particular issue that I had for a long time. And I was out walking, and God said uh, in Isaiah 42, I believe it was verse 16, he says, I have led you in paths you do not know, and I will lead you in paths you have not known. I will turn your darkness to light and your rough plains. These things I will do, and I will not leave you undone. You know, that's a promise for everybody. If Jesus is the Lord and master of your life, if you're to the place in your life where you only want to please him, then I can tell you that promise is for you. He will not leave you undone. His plans and purposes cannot be thwarted. That means God's plans. Nobody can interfere with God's plan. And that's a, that's a comfort to me to know that everything that happens to me and happens to you is Father-filtered. Even, you know, people in deliverance, let me tell you, you don't even... you. People that need deliverance, they just have a God problem, not a demon problem, because a demon can't even touch you, unless God allows it. And so you have to examine whatever you go through. You have to examine, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this trial? And deal with it at the cross. Put it to death. Deal with it. Forgive or whatever God's showing you, because there's a lesson in everything we go through. Therese is to believe that that his. Character is impeccable That he is not a God that can even lie That his words are true
1: And that he Will
0: not lie and that he is Faithful to uh, Give you everything he's promised to Give you To rest is to die to all Independent living You know I came out of a family of being Very independent I'm probably one of The most independent people you'll Know but God is breaking that self-sufficiency of my life through the trials i'm going through and so i'm thankful for that because when we walk in independence a lot of times we're just full of pride and that's probably been my worst sin but i'm working on it and i thank god that he says if i confess my sin he is faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness in john 12 24 through 26 it says And less of grain of wheat, that's you and I, fall to the ground and die. We abide alone, so there's loneliness and rejection. But if we die, we produce much fruit. You know, I was listening to 1 Corinthians the other day, and it says, and I think 1 Corinthians 15, it says, You fool, that which you plant does not come to life unless it dies. And so anything that we do that is not... um, through having our life crucified, it's just wood, hay, and stemmel. And so uh, as long as we're alive, um, Jesus just kind of stands back. And it's like when we're, when we're living in the flesh, it says that we have to give up our life, that we might find it. As long as we're holding on to our life, we'll lose it. You know, there's a, um, some, I don't know, some places in the world, and I don't know if it's Africa or where, but they'll capture little monkeys by they'll put a banana in a cage and a little monkey will put his hand in that, in that cage to grab that banana and he'll hang on to that banana. And then he gets captured, he gets caught. And so as long as we're holding on to our life, we lose it, but we let go. All the little monkey has to do is let go. And then he's free. And so we're held by the very cards of our own sin. And Jesus says in John 12, that we have to give up our life, that we might find it. To, to rest means to know that it depends upon him and not me. It depends on the potter. When I'm on the potter's wheel, not running around the potter's wheel, not trying to fix myself, when I yield to the potter, it's a pot, if you've ever watched a potter, he does all the, the work. He takes the junk out. He fashions the clay. He molds it, shapes it, forms it fires it, beats the bubbles out of it, and a lot of us are getting the bubbles beat out of us right now. I heard uh, Benny Hinn say the other day that, you know, God promises to heal us, but sometimes we've got so much of ourself there that God's trying to kill ourselves. And um, I know that's been uh, one of the reasons God is showing me of what the trials I've gone through this past year um, with my eyes, is that God is using this to kill my flesh, and um, and it rears up, and I want to put it down and put it to get, to death. But it, but to rest means to know that God, but um, it all depends upon Him and not me, for He says, for he, for those He who's begun a good work in you will perform it into the day of the Lord Jesus. Faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. And so it depends on him, not me. Philippians 2.13 says, For it's God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I'm, I'm confident of this very thing, and I don't know where this verse is, that he has done a good work in me, will perform it into the day of the Lord Jesus. He'll do that. And can I tell you that if you're on the potter's wheel, which means you're yielded to God as much as you know how to to be, it means that there's not any areas of your life that you're not holding on to. There's not any areas of your life where you're in sin. Does that mean you're perfect? No, but it means that that you're aware of. Um, Then you can can just be sure that God is going to uh, finish the work. You can't do it yourself. It all depends upon him. If you're on the potter's wheel, as yielded as you know how to be, you cannot miss the will of God. That is your sanctification. To rest means to know it's a work of grace. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, and not of works, lest any man should boast. Also, um, I've been listening to the book of Acts this past week, and over and over, he talked about how the disciples, Paul talks about how the disciples continued in the grace of God. And so if, if we're instructed to continue in the grace of God, that means that that means that we don't always walk in the grace of God. His grace is there for all of us, and I think it's Titus and teaching us to live godly, soberly, and righteous. Um, I'm not able to quote it. Uh, it instructs us to live soberly and righteous in this present age. And that's what the grace of God does. And so we're to continue in God's grace. Therese means that he's your teacher. And, you know, you can, so many people feel so stupid and they feel like they can't learn and they feel like they've missed it. But God is your teacher. It says in John 3:27. You have no need of a teacher because his anointing abides in you. Jesus Christ, King of kings, lives in you. He's the all-wise God. And he lives in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You know, the disciples, they, the people were amazed and marveled that they were unlearned and uneducated men, but yet they went on to work signs and wonders and heal And God will teach you everything you need to know. I was walking one day, and I was just thinking about some things that I knew. And I was thinking, now, how did I know those things? And then I realized that the Lord had taught me those things. He tells us in um, Matthew 11, Come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take, uh, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So if we're submitted to him... We learn exactly what He wants to teach us, and so we don't have to be smart. In fact, God's not impressed with our intellect, um, and so He doesn't want us to be impressed with our intellect either. He wants us to be dependent upon him. To rest means to know that he is uh, that he is the resting place is to dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, and abide under his shadow and protection. It's a place of safety, a place of protection. It's a place to dwell, to live, to abide. But Not a place to just visit. It's a place to dwell and live in. And this is probably the greatest prayer of my life, of what I want more from God, is I pray this almost daily. I want to live in God's presence. Because the scripture says that in God's presence is fullness of joy. And in his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And so in his presence, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's healing, there's learning, there's, he teaches us what we need to know. And I want to live in his presence. There's healing in his presence. To rest means to come out of all the places where we have Made a refuge like our alcohol Our drugs our things we're dependent on more than God Our medications I know people that are more Believe more in what the doctor says Than what God says Uh, They're more interested in their meds Than they are God's gospels The medication has side effects And every side effect Is another disease Praise God for his grace He wants to keep you healthy He is the great physician Come out of all those Places Where we have made a false refuge We've trusted in other things To rest means that To know that I've been raised to sit with Christ In the heavenly places Far above principalities and power. So the enemy's under my feet. I've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. And the scripture says, and nothing by shall by any means hurt you or harm you. And that's a tremendous promise in the world we're living in with everything that's going on. But I believe it's going to be exciting, exciting uh, pretty soon. I think there's, there there's, there's going to be a change in the world for good. I believe that. Um, Psalms 24 3 it also says the the World's going to get more wicked but I Believe we're going to have a a time of Peace uh, before the Antichrist Comes and then there'll be the Tribulation And so We need to be faithful to the end regardless If he takes us or He raptures us out of here or if we're going to Be here My scripture the scripture Tells me that the stars have to Fall from heaven and the moon quit shining Before the coming of the son of man. But. uh, I'm going to be ready regardless. Psalms 24.3 says. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord. That's his presence. And abide in his secret place. Those with clean hands. And a pure heart. And because we can confess our sin. And because of the blood of Jesus. We can have clean hands. And a pure heart. If you've got things wrong with your hands. Possibly. There's things in the spirit on your hands that you need to repent of you know there your, your hands they can do violent things they can do perverted things they can give they can bake a cake for your neighbor they can lay hands on the sick they can do good things and do evil things and if you've got something wrong with your hands possibly you've done some evil or perverted things with your hands and so it's good to repent if you've got wrong You know, if you have anything wrong with your legs, you need to repent over the ways you've walked. And um, the Lord's taught me to take whatever um, scripture, wherever the body part is, and to do word studies. I've done word studies on heart, eyes, legs, feet, walk. Uh, I fell about four, three years ago, about four or five times. And the Lord showed me there was things in my walk he wanted to correct. Praise God that um, I just did word studies on walk, path, feet, pride, because I've been guilty of walking in pride. And so uh, arrogance and haughtiness and the scripture says pride goes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Whatever the problem is, I look up the words in the Bible that apply to my condition and repent over them. Where I might not find the body part, I can find um, the words that would apply to my symptoms or conditions, and I repent of those things. And because of that, God has kept me healthy. Pented over I scripture so many times, but um, still, I'm I'm waiting on the Lord for whatever He wants. Um, it means to dwell in the secret place, and that's resting in the Lord. It's being in the ark. You know, the word Noah means rest, and, the, and uh, Noah and his family and, the, and, and a, two of every animal was in the ark, and that was a place of being safe. And, you know, if, if we as believers go through the tribulation, I believe there's an ark of safety for us to be in. You know, Noah's ark floated safely on the waters of destruction, or he can take us out of here, rapture us out of here before the tribulation whichever. But being in the ark means to be in God's rest. It's very important to be in God's rest. Sixty-eight percent of Americans say they have problems resting. Um, I think it's one in four have, say they have problems sleeping when God says he'll keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed upon him. My poor little mother, she slept about three hours a night. She ran a propane gas company, and she was just always, I guess, had a busy mind. But she didn't, thank God, she was in good health to the last years of her life. But but uh, not resting good can affect your, your body physically. It's very important to get good rest. Um, to rest means to know that your house is built on a rock, Jesus. Matthew seven twenty four says, Everyone who hears these words of mine can be compared to a man who built his house upon the rock. And the floods came, and the winds blew against that house, but it did not fall because it was built upon the rock. And then he goes on to say, but the foolish man, he built his house on the sand, and the winds come, the, the floods come, and they sweep away that particular house. And so the way we build our house on a rock is to build our life on Jesus Christ, to live uh, every day to please him and to make him the Lord and master of our life. The name of Jesus is to know that the name of the Lord is a strong tower; The righteous can run into it and are safe. And that's Proverbs 18.10. The name of Jesus is, is a strong power. It's more real than the room you're in right now. It's a strong tower, and the righteous can run into it and are safe. And I encourage you to actually run in, when we get off of this teaching, to run into the name of Jesus. It's a spiritual place. It's the same as dwelling in the secret place of the Most High God. You know, I've described um, Psalms 91 like a big umbrella. Most people, because their parents were not living under the lordship of Jesus, were born outside of that God's refuge but praise God When you submit to God And you make him the Lord and king and master of your life Run into the name of Jesus Run under that umbrella Which is Psalms 91 Same thing as the name of Jesus And Lord I just bring every person Who's listening now who grew up in a Dysfunctional family Grew up with parents not under your lordship Lord I bring them under your refuge Now in Jesus name As they submit their life to you In Jesus name To rest means to know that you've done everything God's told you to do. The scripture says, whoever does the will of God will abide forever. Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, in repentance and rest, you'll be saved. In quietness and trust will be your confidence. To rest means to hold fast your confession. 1023 says, Let us hold fast to the hope, the fast to our confession. Jesus is the high priest of your confession, and he says to hold fast to your hope without wavering, firm until the end, for he is faithful. To rest means to walk in the spirit, and we've already talked about that. Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Romans 8.13 says, if we live after the flesh, we'll die, and we know we're living after the flesh. If you read Galatians uh, 5.19, it talks about the deeds of the flesh, and if we practice those things, we'll not inherit the kingdom of God. And there's two types of people that have a problem resting, and we've talked about this in the First message of unrest. rest. And that's people that are performance oriented, which most of us are. We grew up thinking that the only way we can get love is to fill our area. So we get saved and we think that God expects us to perform. So we're people that turn the potter's wheel instead of rest on the potter's wheel. We wear ourselves out trying to fix ourselves when it's a work of God. God, we cannot fix ourselves. In fact, even if we could, we'd be so proud of it that nobody can stand us. And also, the other type of person that has a hard time resting is a person that is parental inverted. And that means they grew up having to take responsibility that a little child didn't have to take. They had to take care of their mother or daddy. They had to take care of their brothers or sisters, but they were never allowed to rest. And so these defaults have to be broken because however we're trained up sets a default in our life, like the default on a computer. You can, you can, um, You can type a letter using one of, I think there's like 300 different fonts. But then when you go into another uh, document, it kicks it back to the way the factory trained it, the factory set it. And so you and I were set at the factory by how we were trained up. And to break those defaults, you just have to forgive your parents and ask God to break the default and ask God to reset the default from negative to positive. Because however you're trained up is how your life will go, either good or bad. And that's the, that's the wilderness that we have to overcome. Those are the circumstances that we didn't overcome in childhood. And that's why we have to overcome those things now. Because every time we have a victory, we rest in that area. And there's very serious consequences uh, health-wise when we don't, when we don't rest. And the lack of rest, is, uh, uh, which is really stress, is the root of autoimmune diseases and also bone problems. So we've already talked about that. And he gives us the solution in Ezekiel 34, verse 25. He says, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and I'll remove eliminate, and eliminate hard harm beast that he'll get the demons off the land and first corinthians 3 9 says you're a house you're building your field your land and um in mark 4 luke 8 matthew 13 he says your soil and so he says he's going to remove harmful beasts from the land from your body from your life and he'll you will slit you will uh be secure in the wilderness and be able to sleep in the woods Now, that's a place of unpredictableness, to sleep in the woods, correct? But God says he'll make a covenant of peace with you, and you'll be able to sleep in the wilderness safely. What a promise. And that's a promise for this world we're living in. And when you lose your peace, you've got a system problem. I think I've shared this before, but those of you who have not heard it before, my, my dad gave me a car in 1978. He gave me a brand new uh, Cadillac Eldorado, and it had a computer. And if the, if the gear was just a little out of whack, it would say system problem. So when you and I lose our peace, we have a system problem. And, we're, and the scripture says that he who listens to me shall dwell securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. The scripture says, That the fear of the Lord Which is to turn away from evil It says that fear of the Lord Is a uh, Just a minute Causes a fear of the Lord I've lost my train of thought The fear of the Lord The fear of the Lord leads to life So that one may sleep satisfied Untouched by evil And God wants to make A covenant of peace with us You know Um the word disease comes from an old French word, meaning dis-ease. So wherever our life is in dis-ease, we open ourselves up to sickness, and so which is the opposite of God's peace. And so he'll give us perfect peace when our mind is stayed upon him because we're trusting in him. And the way we get free is to come under his yoke, yield our life 100% to him, Basically, it's a picture of abandoning your life, yourself, um, getting rid of your self-life. And we do that by letting go of our life. And so, for those of you listening, if you can receive uh, this word, I'm just going to lead you in repentance and then do some deliverance. There's no rest unless you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior. You can accept the Lord as I did when I was 18 years old, but I wasn't saved till I was 25 years old. You know, I came to the place in my life where I saw no purpose in my life. I couldn't see any purpose of of coming home, getting up, going to work, coming home, going to sleep, getting up, going to work, coming home, going to sleep. I saw no purpose in it. And I remember thinking it was kind of like – when I was a kid I used to go the uh there was a store in downtown San Antonio where I grew up and it was called Josky Brothers and I don't know if it's still there or not, but I used to run I used to run up the escalators that were going down and I'd run down them, the ones that were going up. And so that's kind of the way I felt my life was going. And I remember there was no peace. It was kind of like uh, I used to go to the beach in uh, South Texas to uh, the beach, beach in Carpus Christi, Texas, outside of Padre Island. And I remember it was being, it was like a storm going on in my life. And when I was saved, and your experience may be different, but it was like the storm was over and there was total peace. And of course, there's been measures of peace. Anytime I step out of God's will, I lose my peace and have a system problem, but It's to maintain peace in your life by continually coming to God, continually yielding to the God, the potter, because that's a place of peace and a place of tranquility. And if you've accepted the Lord, but you've never experienced God's peace, if you've never been born again, the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and behold, become new. And he wants to change your life. Uh you're you'll still you'll still be a work in progress, but the things that you uh, used to do, you won't feel peace about continuing to do some of those things. I remember I used to curse like a sailor and right after I was born again, I was born again reading the Bible and I was in my kitchen and a curse word came out of my mouth and I said to the Lord, I can even tell you what direction I was facing. I was in Lavernia, Texas in my kitchen. Facing east, and I said, "Lord, that doesn't sound like anything that should come out of the mouth of a Christian." And God delivered me that day in 1963. That's how long it's been from evil, perverted words coming out of my mouth. And so, if there's not been a change in your life since you've received Jesus, chances are you're not born again, because the, the new birth. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. You're a work in progress. You're not perfect, but the things that you allowed in your life will have to go if you want to maintain your peace. And so if you're listening to this message and you've never been born again, then invite Jesus to come in and tell him that you give him your life 100%. You won't hold anything back. You're willing to abandon your life to him. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive me for unrest, living in contention and strife. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for living in turmoil and being troubled all the time and being restless and agitated. Uh, God, forgive me for uh, living in disquiet. I forgive my mother and father that they didn't know your peace. I forgive them that I was not born under your refuge. And now, Lord, I run into your name, which is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And so, Lord, I run into your name. Lord, I ask you to lead me to that quiet abode in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just ask you to forgive me for uh, being living in distress. And, Lord, I thank you that you have made a way at Calvary that I might be able to overcome the things in my life. That, that displease you I forgive my parents that I grew up If I did in a very Dysfunctional home And Lord the things that bothered me then Are the same things that are bothering me now I break all those expectations That that's how life goes Father forgive me for not Abiding in the vine Forgive me for, for not being Willing to yield to you Lord I cast All my care upon you Because you care for me Forgive me, forgive me for not considering the lilies, Lord, that you feed the birds and that you, you clothe the lilies more beautiful than Solomon in all of his glory. And, Lord, I just thank you and praise you that you said I'm not to take any thought for tomorrow, any thought about my life, what I'm to eat or drink or what I'm to put on. And, Lord, I just cast all my care upon you. Forgive me for being anxious for so many things that mean nothing in eternity. Lord, forgive me for not waiting upon you so that I can renew my strength, so that I could mount up with wings of eagles, so that I could run and not be weary, so I could walk and not faint. Forgive me for not expecting from you, not waiting patiently for you. Lord, forgive me for not believing your character. Forgive me for believing that you're a liar. Um, Lord, my mother and father were liars, and because of that, I believe you are too, and that's a lie. Parents, my parents model for me a poor picture of you, God, which caused me to believe a lie that you're just like the negatives in my parents when you're a perfect God and you want the best for me. Lord, forgive me. I choose to die to all independent living. I choose to give up my life like a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. And Lord, you said I'll produce much fruit if I give up my life. And I choose to give up my life to you that I might find it. And, Lord, forgive me for thinking it's up to me. Forgive me for thinking that I have to do it myself, that I have to turn the potter's wheel. Forgive me for thinking that I have to fix myself. Lord, I've tried, and I just throw myself at your mercy. Lord, forgive me for not continuing in your grace. Thank you that it's all by your grace. For by grace, I'm saved by faith, and not of myself. It's the gift of God. Lord, forgive me for thinking that I'm stupid, that I can't learn. When you said that I have no need of a teacher, because your anointing abides in me. And when I wear your yoke, I learn from you. And I learn everything that I need to know. And I thank you, Lord, that you know what I need, when I need it, if I need it, when to give it to me. And, Lord, you are my resting place. And, Lord, I choose to trust you in all the, th- the things I've made at false refuge, made false refuges. And, Lord, that's all idolatry. Forgive me. Thank you that you raised me to sit with you in heavenly places. Lord, I want to ascend to the hill of the Lord. I want to have clean hands and a pure heart. I ask you to clean me up and fix me and restore my life and lead me in paths of righteousness. I want to dwell in your secret place. And Lord, I want to be safe in Your ark in this world of turmoil and trouble. Forgive me for not building my house on a rock. Forgive me for building my house on the sand. Lord, from this day forward, show me how to build my house on a rock. Forgive me, Lord. Lord forgive me for disobedience to your voice and your commandments. forgive me for not holding fast my confidence, holding on to the hope with confidence for you Lord are faithful. forgive me for negative confessions, speaking death instead of life. forgive me for not walking in the spirit. forgive me for walking in the flesh. And, Lord, I forgive my parents that I was loved based on a performance or I wasn't loved, but I believed the lie that I had to perform to be loved. I forgive my parents that I had to take care of them and I had to do things that a little child should have never had to do. And, Lord, I, I ask you for the fear of the Lord that leads to life so that I can sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Forgive me for not listening to you, Lord, so I can dwell securely And be at ease from the dread of evil Forgive me, Lord, for passion that's rotten my bones Uh, Forgive me for the sin of passion that's caused my my bones to be vexed, dismayed, decayed, rotten For you to send fire into my bones Lord, I want all my bones to say, oh God, there's no one like you Forgive me for living in stress, in distress And unrest Forgive me for being Fearful in this world Of chaos Lord forgive me for thinking I have to protect Myself when you said Lord that I can That you're going to remove harmful beasts The enemy from my land Uh, God that you're going to let me uh, Dwell in the Be secure in the wilderness and sleep in the woods And that I don't have to Uh, Be afraid because you said if my ways please you it makes even my enemies to be at peace with me And lord I choose to abandon my life to you to give it all up 100% lord I make you the lord and master of my life and I get on the potter's wheel And lord forgive me for trying to turn the potter's wheel and I yield to you I come under your control lord and I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Now, if you can agree with those prayers, then just I'm going to tear down. I tear down every stronghold. Excuse me. Maybe I got delivered. Of fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness. I tear down strongholds of rebellion and antichrist, depression, discouragement. I tear down strongholds of fear of man. I tear down strongholds of hurt, bitterness, resentment, anger, unforgiveness. I forgive every person that's hurt me in the name of Jesus. I tear down strongholds of sorcery, magic, witchcraft. I tear down strongholds of depression, discouragement, anger, grief, bitterness, resentment. I tear down strongholds of pride, arrogance, boastfulness, independence, self-will, I tear down strongholds of fear of man, fear of failure, fear of not being loved or liked, fear of being disapproved of, fear of doing it wrong, fear of saying it wrong. I tear down strongholds of procrastination. I tear down strongholds of lethargy, apathy. I tear down strongholds of passivity. I tear down strongholds of lies. Uh, that God is not faithful. I tear down every lie I've believed about God in Jesus' name. I tear down every stronghold they believed about God in the name of Jesus. I tear down strongholds of a of a perverted God image in Jesus' name. I tear down strongholds of a spirit of harlotry that's led them astray. I tear down strongholds of addictions, gluttony, ha- fat, food, sugar, hunger, caffeine. I tear down strongholds of... Crippling spirits I tear down strongholds that came in Through walking paths of unrighteousness I tear down strongholds of pain Grief, sadness, sorrow, vexation In the name of Jesus In Jesus name I tear down strongholds Of prayerlessness, distraction from the word of God I tear down strongholds of restlessness I tear down strongholds of hyperactivity Strongholds of profanity I pull down, uproot, and pluck out all the profane words that they have spoken that are death. I tear down strongholds of death in Jesus' name. I tear down strongholds of unbelief and doubt, fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness, panic, hysteria. I tear down strongholds of of tiredness, weariness, heaviness, fatigue. I tear down strongholds that keep them from waiting on the Lord. In Jesus' name, I cast down every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I take captive in Jesus' name every thought to the obedience of Christ. I punish every disobedience because their obedience is complete. Father, I ask you to impart honor, impart wisdom. I ask you to impart to them rest, inheritance. I ask to them revelation, knowledge. I ask you to impart to them truth, impart to them a boldness in the name of Jesus, faith, love, joy. Uh, Lord, reveal to each person who hears this message how much you love them in Jesus' name. I bless you, Lord. Now take a deep breath because the word uh, spirit means breath and breathe out. Take a deep breath and just blow out in Jesus' name. Praise you, mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. What a mighty God you are. Your name is Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Healer, Deliverer, Sanctifier, Fixer. God, thank you that you fix all of our problems, that you're the answer to all of our problems. In Jesus' name, praise you, Lord. Well, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the ministry, and then if anybody needs prayer, You can call us at 646-595-4784, and be sure and press 1, and I'll be happy to pray for you. Uh, You can email me at McGee at sbcglobal.net. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. And, and it's all lowercase, Jerry's with a G. Um, also, or you can go to my website, jerrymcgee.com, and that's all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. There's uh, books that you can order. Clearing the Land is one that I recommend. You can actually go through that book and get deliverance just through praying the prayers in the book and and confessing sin Also I wrote one called Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns We all have negative things That we're reaping And we have positive things we're reaping But in the book it shows you how to, to uh, Change the negative To positive reaping Also I wrote a book on grief There's a little bitty book on rejection um, There's lots of tapes That you can listen to A lot of free teachings That you can listen to With deliverance prayers um, you can write me at, at uh, post office box 1141 Lindale, Texas 75771 and email me because I really like to hear from you. I like to hear what God is doing in your life and what he's done. And if I can help you, you can email me and I'll answer your email. Uh, you can sign up for my um, on my website. You can sign up for um, Emails that I send out, you know, every every maybe once a week I'll send out a, a, a daily thought of encouragement. Not it's not daily, it's, I call it daily, but it's just a thought of encouragement. Um, and you can, uh, if you'd like to give to our ministry, um, you can send a gift through our website through PayPal. And I really appreciate those of you who listen, and those of you who pray for me, and those of you who help support the ministry. And also, I want to mention the lady that hosts this program. She does it for free, but it costs her. And her email is D for Dorothy Churchy number one at hotmail uh, dot com. And so you can also send her a gift through PayPal. And um, let me know how I can be a blessing to you. Uh, I have a meeting in Corsicana in every month, the first Saturday of every month in Corsicana, Texas. And it starts at 10. It's over at 12. Corsicana is south of Dallas. I don't know how far. But um, it's about an hour and a half from Lindale, Texas, where I live. Um, but anyway, it's, it's the, the first, um, the first Saturday of the month. And if you sign up for my email, I'll send out a flyer every time I'm in Corsicana or where I go, if I go any other place, Lake Hamilton Bible Camp has closed down through the COVID-19 thing, but they're hoping to reopen in November. That's not definite, but they're hoping they can. Right now, there are so many rules and regulations that it's hard to get everything ready when they're understaffed, but be sure and pray for us. Pray for Dorothy. Um. She's had some physical problems, and and always always pray for me too. And sign up for my sign up for my my mailing list if you'd like a if you'd like a meeting in your area. If you just uh, contact me, I'll be happy to go wherever the Lord opens the door. And I always come just on a love offering basis. It, if I get nothing, I'm not in the ministry for money, but it helps to pay the bills. But um, Anyway, if you'd like special prayer, uh, just uh, you can call in right now at 646 and be sure and press 1. And if there's no callers, um, I'll be back again on the second, uh, I'm sorry, the third Tuesday of the month. The first and third Tuesdays on uh, Dorothy Carruthers Blog Talk Radio and on Omega Man, the third and... I'm sorry, the second and fourth uh, Tuesdays of the month. But I always send out flyers and let us know how we can be a blessing to you. And if there's no callers, we can just say, well, the Lord, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you even more peace.